Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Moles Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law, and we're here to talk about game week 29 of the Premier League season. I say game week 29, there are actually only four games to look forward to. I think some of the game week 29 brought forward a couple of weeks ago uh, because it's FA Cup weekend, of course, this weekend. So there are only four Premier League games for us to look forward to in this podcast. And they're all pretty difficult ones to call. So it's going to be very interesting to see what we go for. Uh, starting tonight, Friday at 8pm, we've got Fulham versus Leeds. Just a very difficult one to call. I'm, I'm going to say that a few times, but Fulham obviously batting against the drop. Um, they are now, what, two points from safety after losing to Man City last time out. Obviously, no shame in losing to Man City uh, for a team in the relegation zone. Leeds in pretty poor form themselves, but did get that goalless draw against Chelsea last time out. Uh, it's Obviously, Fulham have got more to fight for, really, uh, in terms of what they need in the league table than Leeds have but how do you see this one going yeah like you say very very difficult game isn't it we had a we had a bit of a stinker didn't we last week in the uh prediction mm. competition and I mean you'd hope it would go a little bit better this week but as for only four games but as you say this this is a very very tough one it's obviously a huge game for Fulham if they win they they go out of the relegation zone don't they above Newcastle so that's a big big carrot for them to have especially Newcastle play Brighton don't they on mm. Saturday night so a chance to go out of the relegation zone. Obviously, I know Newcastle would then have two games in hand, so it's not, um, it wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't be comfortable in any sense. And Fulham are not going to be comfortable, are they, for the rest of the season? They just need to continue to do what they're doing. As you say, the City result, it's always going to be difficult, wasn't it, that game? And it wasn't one that earmarked. We both said, didn't we, if they lose that, it's not the end of the world, which proved to be the case. Um, only two defeats from their last eight in the league. Um, and yeah, they've been they've been much better, haven't they? Recently, won three of the last seven in, in the top flight, uh, including that obviously win over Liverpool recently. And it's just you know the, the defeats they've had recently at home, Tottenham and Manchester City. The Tottenham one was unfortunate, wasn't it? And obviously they'll be wary of losing another game here ahead of the international break. You know, you don't want to be you, you lose here and you have that such a long break, isn't it? That, that probably welcome a little bit, but but Fulham are in pretty good shape, aren't they? Injury wise. That, Bobby Reid looked like he, he might be okay, but he's been ruled out. Obviously, Tom Kearney's still out and rode out the goalkeeper. But I think, you know, you fancy Josh Madger might come back into the side for this one. I'd assume he would be. Loftus-Cheek probably going back to the number 10 position. Apart from that, for Fulham, pretty, pretty no real surprises in the team. Leeds, on the other hand, Bamford being fit is a is a huge one. Obviously, he got he thought they might potentially be in the England squad, but, but didn't prove to be the case. But... He's fit. Um, Colin injuries elsewhere. You know, Hernandez for sure. Liv Davis is out, but but Cooper's out as well. So you fancy Stuart will play at the back again. Um, uh, Rodrigo Marino got a slight issue as well, so I might not play. But similar for Leeds, I think it'd be pretty pretty straightforward to pick their side for this game. Obviously, Rafinha will play again. The players had a really good season, and it's just an incredibly tough game, isn't it? To, to pick, um, I don't like going for draws, as we know. I am guilty of going draws sometimes, but. Just find it really difficult to separate them. Fulham obviously got more to play for than Leeds in terms of staying in the league, but very, very tough game. And um, yeah, I've had to go one-one to be honest. I, I really wanted to back Fulham, but I couldn't do it with any real confidence. So I've uh, I've just gone one-one. Yeah, I was very close to doing the same. I'd actually settled on one-one, but previous yeah. before that, I'd settled on a Leeds win, and, and I've ended up settling on a Fulham win in the end. I've just gone through every single possible scoreline in this match. It was I just. Don't, I don't really have a clue what's going to happen, to be honest. Leeds are like that at the best of times. But um, I was looking through it and it sort of came to my attention. I mean, Leeds fans will know this stat very well, but they haven't won in London since December 2017. Yeah. Just an in incredible statistic. Um, and I, I don't like looking too much into those stats because I've, obviously every game is different and there's not a curse over London. I don't believe in all that stuff. Um but, you know, when it's gone on for that long, you've just got to wonder, you know, why aren't they winning in London? And that goes all the way back to 
the championship when they were the dominant team in the championship. So should be winning some of those games against the London opposition. Um, so that does raise another little question mark over, obviously, as we've said many times, Leeds can beat most teams in this league. Um, but I think Fulham, their improvement in recent weeks uh, has just been huge. Obviously, the win over Liverpool was huge. Um, they know they need to start picking up victories. As you mentioned, win here would take them out of the relegation zone, which is a huge, huge target for them. Um, and just that their improvement over recent weeks compared to Leeds's form, you know, Leeds haven't even scored. We've, we've got them down as this really um, good attacking side who can cause any team problems. But the fact of the matter is they haven't scored in the last three games um, and have drawn a blank in four of the last five. Um, so they're, they're struggling in front of goal at the moment. Uh, the likes of Rafina, who have been really good this season, have just gone off the boil a little bit. Same as Bamford, probably, which, you know, these last three games might have been the difference between him um, getting selected for England and not if he had carried on his score and run in those three games. Maybe Southgate wouldn't have had an option but to to include him. Um, so they, they've dipped at just, a, you know, a pretty bad time. In terms of the league position, obviously, they, they look pretty safe and you'd certainly back them to get the points they need which probably only two more to guarantee safety uh, this season. I don't think relegation is ever going to be a serious issue for them. Um, but again, over the final stage of the season, that could end up coming back to haunt them because the likes of Fulham, as we say, have got a lot more to fight for. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've just gone for 1-0 Fulham win. But again, I've, I'm not confident in that one at all because, I, I mean, I mentioned Leeds' record in London. Fulham's record at Craven Cottage this season has been really poor. Only two wins um, at home all season. Those were against the only two teams below them in the table, West Brom and Sheffield United. Um, so they've by no means you know, been impressive at, at home. Most of their recent impressive performances um, have actually come away from home. So, you know, it's one of those which can really go either way. There's a strong case to make for either team to win. Obviously, a strong case to make for a draw. I think the thing that warded me off the draw in the end was just Leeds don't draw many games and they drew last time out against Chelsea. Yes. So the odds of them drawing two in a row I don't know. I, I just veered away from that slightly. And I, I felt I had to go for one of the teams and I've just gone for Fulham. And I, yeah, I'm already maybe regretting that decision, but I'm just going for Fulham 1-0. Um, but yeah, could go either way that one, I think. Uh, there's also only one game on Saturday. Uh, Matt alluded to it earlier. It's a huge one between Brighton and Newcastle. Obviously, that Fulham game will have a direct impact on, on these two teams above them. Um, they're in 16th and 17th, respectively, in the table. Brighton, three points away from the relegation zone. Newcastle, only two points. So it's a massive game. Brighton picked up that huge win at Southampton uh, last time out. Newcastle were held uh, by Aston Villa. Newcastle got that late, late equaliser there, which helped nudge them two points clear of the relegation zone. It's a big game at the bottom, isn't it, Matt? How do you see it going? Yeah, it's a really big one, isn't it? Like you say, the obviously Fulham game, the fact that Newcastle could be in the bottom three going into this game just cranks up the pressure, doesn't it, even more on, on Steve Bruce and, uh, and the players. And it's just, this is, I mean, you can look at it both ways. Would Newcastle rather be playing this game or would they rather be going to Manchester City or Liverpool, someone like that? It's just, there's more, I mean, I don't like the phrase six points really, but, you know, relegation six points of it. It is that, isn't it? Because if they, for, uh, Brighton were to win this game, it just, if Newcastle were to be in the international break in the bottom three, you just feel like, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it, down there at the moment? Obviously, you fan we obviously West Brom and Sheffield United. We fancy you go down. West Brom are not, um, you know, they're not. I just don't think they're good enough to get the points there. So it is between those. If we, I don't know if we're including Burnley, maybe still in the round. I think they might have enough. If if it's going to be one of those three teams that, uh, and obviously Fulham go above them in here, and then it's the other two playing each other. It's, you just feel like Brighton have got more. Um, the win over Southampton last time out was, was really good, wasn't it? Good goal from Trossard to win it and. 
to be fair, Newcastle played quite well against Villa. I think we both backed one nil Villa in that game, didn't we? We were very close mm. to to getting that, but good good equaliser late on from Lascelles, and I thought they did okay in that game. It's just a situation with um, injuries. I don't think Steve Bruce has had his press conference this game yet. I think it's this afternoon, but obviously Wilson's still out. St. Maximum Shah. I think Miguel Admiron is the closest one to being available. I don't think he'll be available for this game, which means they're going to be going in again, as we said without their, you know, three most effective attacking players. And will it be, you know, Gal, Jolinton and and Fraser again, maybe in the final third. Murphy obviously can play there as well, but just missing key players again. Whereas Brighton, on the other hand, they've, they've had some players come into some good forming. Lalong was really good last time out. He, um, I read a thing, he, he had coronavirus back in January, didn't he? And he said he really struggled mm-hmm. with the after effects of that. But now he feels like he's getting into the groove. Obviously, a very talented player that, that you obviously all know well, played well for Liverpool for a long period. But Danny Welbeck as well has been in decent form. He's obviously a, a runner in the final third and caused problems. Just look at their 1-11. to 11. I mean, I did the preview for this game and it's just a lot better. I think the Newcastles, to be honest, I do like Newcastle's midfield. I think they've got talent in there. Shelby, Willock, Hayden, they're all good players. But just the quality uh, in the Brighton squad, I just think is more, and I think they'll just have enough here. Brighton's record as well, looking against Newcastle is really, really good. They've, they're unbeaten home and away against Newcastle since February 2017, won 3-0 earlier this season when they, when they met in the reverse game. And you just feel like Brighton's style, I know Newcastle tried to be a bit more, you know, productive going forward, but, but Brighton, as we know that, I mean, I say this like they're, fire up the league in their their home mm. form this season obviously the third worst home form in the league only won once you know 10 mm. points but Newcastle third worst away uh, form in the league with 12 points in 14 games only 11 goals so I can't for that reason I can't see Newcastle scoring I don't think Brighton only 13 home league goals this season so I can't back a, a big win but I just think Brighton will get there I think the quality is more Newcastle's injuries and away form so yeah 1-0 Brighton one nil, yeah. Again, this is one I went really back and forth on because, I mean, logic to me says Brighton should win this. I completely agree. They're probably a better team right now, certainly with the players Newcastle have got out. Um, and they, they're, they're, the way they played, their form has been better, even if their results haven't been. And I think if Brighton play like they have been, even the last few weeks when they've lost quite a few games um, and start putting the ball in the back of the net, then they, they'll win this game. But you just can't trust them to do that. You haven't been able to trust them to do that all season. There's been quite a few times this season I've backed them and fancied them to win. Um, and they, they've gone and, you know, failed to win when they really, really should have won. Um, and, you know, that just puts a question mark in my mind over them and whether they've they've got enough to go and win these huge games, because it is a huge game for both teams. I mean, obviously, you look at the stature of the two clubs and your relegation would probably be a bigger disaster for Newcastle than it would Brighton because Newcastle are, you know, this this pretty big club, certainly a Premier League club, whereas Brighton is still relatively new um, at this level. Um, but looking at, the, you know, the actual current crop of players, yeah, I'd certainly say Brighton should be regarded as bigger favourites than Newcastle to stay up at this stage because, as we say, they've got, they've got the better team and they're playing good football and they're creating chances. Um, I think the thing about this game, eventually I've gone for a one-all draw in this one, um, mm. I think the thing that tipped tipped it in that favour for me was just there. There is still a bit of time to go this season. This isn't you know relegation. You know whoever loses gets relegated, um, and whoever wins is safe. But I do think a defeat for either team would be pretty damaging. I think they a, a defeat would be more damaging than a, a win would be beneficial almost. So I think both sides will go into this game 
you know, eager not to lose rather than desperate to win because there is still time for them to pick up points. I mean, looking ahead, Brighton have still got what's Sheffield United to play. They'll fancy picking up points in that game. Uh, they've got a game against Leeds. It's a difficult end to the season, actually, for Brighton, but they've got some games they'd fancy picking up points in, whereas Newcastle um, have got Burnley coming up in the, in the near future as well, which, again, they'll fancy their chances of picking some points up in those sorts of games. So I don't think, by any means, either side will look, this, look at this as last chance saloon. And obviously, victory will be huge for either side, uh, but I think both teams will be going into this more determined not to lose than to necessarily pick up all three points. So, yeah, I've, I've just gone for one or draw. But again, it's another one. Um, I'd be, To be honest, I'd be surprised if Newcastle go and win this game. But how many times have we seen Brighton contrive to lose a game or draw a game, which they should have won already this season? So, yeah, I've gone for one or draw in that one. Um, there were two games on Sunday, starting with West Ham versus Arsenal, London derby, of course. Uh, West Ham still pushing for that top four. They're in fifth place, three points off fourth place Chelsea at the moment. Um, Arsenal down in 10th in the Premier League and, you know, uh, they uh, progressed in the Europa League in midweek, but lost at home to Olympiacos. A disappointing performance. Arteta was pretty unhappy with that performance. Uh, but the main thing, obviously, is they got through, uh, which more or less keeps their season alive because I think we both agreed the top four is certainly beyond them. Ten points adrift of Chelsea they are. Um, so that's probably their only route into the Champions League ne- next season if they go and win the Europa League. Um, so, you know, their season more or less is the Europa League right now and it wouldn't be too surprising to go and see them prioritise that towards the latter stages of that competition. Um, West Ham, obviously, Champions League ambitions of their own, which is incredible when you consider where they started the season and their ambitions for what the what the start of the season would have been. Lost to Manchester United narrowly last time out at Old Trafford. Um, lost to Man City at the Etihad recently as well, but those are their only two defeats recently in the Premier League. Um, and, they, and other than that, they've been in really good form. Is it three wins from their last five? Only those two defeats from their last seven games. David Moyes obviously done a great job. We mentioned it quite a few times. They've got players in good form. Jesse Lingard will be back for this after having to miss the Man United game. Um, another difficult one to call. I think Arsenal, their Europa League exploits in midweek as well, will take take something out of their legs, even if they didn't have to travel. Um, but yeah, I've just leant towards West Ham in this one. Again, it was a, a difficult one to call. To be honest, all four of these, I was very tempted to go for draws in these, but I, I knew I couldn't do that. But I, yeah, I've just leant towards West Ham in this one. I've gone for two-one win. Two-one, yeah, the same. I wanted to go all draws to Venice, but yeah, I've got I've gone the same as you, two-one West Ham. I just think, obviously, you mentioned Lingard coming back in, back in the England squad, isn't he? And, and mm. fully deserved, playing really well. Um, and they're waiting on Pablo Fernandes as well, aren't they? Who missed out against United. It was a strange game, wasn't it, Old Trafford? I thought. Obviously, West Ham were ultra defensive, which is probably even more defensive than a lot of people thought they would be. Um, mm. And and if if that own goal doesn't go in, you know, it's a good result. But United did have chances elsewhere, didn't they? You know, Green, fantastic save from uh, Fabianski from Greenwood. Greenwood then hits the post, and I did think the Manchester United edged the game. I thought they deserved to win. West Ham, well, obviously, as you say, that you'd fancy there'll be a little bit more front for I mean, they're home form this season. West Ham, second best in the league. You know, only, only Manchester City better. Been excellent. Eight wins from 14 games. Arsenal, on the other hand, 10th, uh, only the 10th best away record. You know, six defeats from 14 games, drop points in eight of their 14 away games, which just shows where they are. The win over Tottenham was, was good, wasn't it? Obviously, Tottenham mm-hmm. going through a bit of a problems at the moment they went on a good run Tottenham down they're struggling Arsenal took full advantage of that and I think the interesting thing for this game will be you know you fancy Lacazette will play over Aubameyang you know Aubameyang I know the issue that they had with him being late and as they both said that that's been put behind them now Arteta and Aubameyang but Aubameyang missed some chances didn't he in the Europa League 
Lacazette didn't play um, on Thursday, and you fancied that he'll come back in. You know, his goal against against Tottenham was good. Obviously, he was he was a real big threat in the final third, and Odegaard, you fancy he'll come back in as well. But the, the team against Olympiacos, it wasn't like it was a shadow side. It was a really strong side, wasn't it? And to lose at home, I know that obviously they've gone through to the next round, which was important, but you don't want to be losing home games to, you know, Olympiacos, don't get me wrong, they're, they're a good side, but not, you know, an elite European side. It's just a disappointing result. Obviously, like I say, there'll be changes, but yeah, it's a really, really tough game um, for both both sides. You know, Arsenal's recent record, three wins in a row over West Ham. West Ham's last win was at home in 2019, but that was their first win since August 2015. So West Ham's record against Arsenal, certainly recently and, and overall, to be honest, throughout the years, certainly in the Premier League era, is, is not great at all. Um, it's a fixture that Arsenal have enjoyed. But yeah, same reasons as you, really. Just Arsenal's away form. Uh, the, the game on Thursday, West Ham have been fresh. I think West Ham would be desperate to bounce back from that United game. So I thought they were, they maybe could have been a little bit more. Uh, productive and they're maybe disappointed with how they performed but as you say that they desperately need the points um, three points off Chelsea game in hand very much in that top four race Arsenal aren't Arsenal will be concentrating on the Europa League this season which they'll feel like they have a decent chance to win I mean the draws are the draws at 12 today isn't it so we don't know who mm. they've got in the quarters but uh, it could be United it could, it could be a all English one but um, yeah top tight game but yeah same as you 2-1 West Ham yeah, I, th- I think that Arsenal-Olympiacos game, obviously, is, on the face of it, doesn't have a huge impact on their season, but it does just rob them of that momentum from the North London yeah, derby, where they should have been flying high. They were in decent form before that with the you know recent wins over Leicester and obviously the first leg against Olympiacos, but to fall to that home defeat in the second leg while they still go through is just, you know, just robs them of that momentum a little bit. So, yeah, we're both going for West Ham wins in that one. Um, the fourth and final match of this game week at 7.30 on Sunday is Aston Villa versus Tottenham. You mentioned Tottenham's troubles there. I mean, that result in, on Thursday night was awful for them. The Dynamo Zagreb coming from behind 2-0 down from the first leg to win 3-0 um, on the night after extra time. And Jose Mourinho and Hugo Lloris both came out with some very strong words afterwards, you know, about the attitude of their team, um, about the the setup of the club. Even Hugo Lloris, he, he seemed to accuse players who weren't starting of not giving their all. There were some pretty serious accusations and strong words uh, from the captain and the manager in that game. So all doesn't seem to be particularly well at Tottenham. And obviously, we've just mentioned Arsenal um, winning the North London derby. Tottenham, obviously, on the wrong end of that uh, result. North London derby uh, defeat is always going to sting, but especially when it damages your top four hope so much. Um, and obviously, even at that stage, after losing the North London derby, they had the Europa League to fall back on, but now they don't after that uh, dreadful result in midweek. So it's all about the top four for them now in the in the Premier League, and they've left themselves with a lot to do. Six points adrift of Chelsea, certainly not an insurmountable gap, but a very difficult one um, to make up. As you mentioned earlier, they had been in good form ahead of the North London derby, which made that result even more disappointing. But those back-to-back defeats now, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Tottenham fans in the wake of that result on Thursday were obviously calling for Jose Mourinho's head um, and he's got a lot to a lot to prove still I think at Tottenham he's got the EFL Cup final coming up at the end of this month uh, sorry at the end of April um, which you know should get well he'll hope will get silverware under his belt obviously a very difficult match against Man City but um, silverware is the main that's what he was brought in for so that's that could still perhaps salvage their season but in terms of the league it's all about top four for them and this is a difficult game for the Aston Villa have gone off the boil a little bit um, one win in the last six games that was away to Leeds uh, during the last two against Wolves in Newcastle 
as we've said many times, I mean, their season could stop now and they've probably done better than they many would have expected them to after such a relegation battle last season. But they're, I mean, they're still in the European battle. They're still going for Europa League football, potentially with their games in hand. Um, so, you know, they'll fancy their chances of certainly pushing for a top half finish this season. I think Jack Grealish potentially might be back for this one. Um, looks like he should be back in the squad at least, which obviously be a huge boost for them. His absence has coincided with that poor run of form. And he just gives them that little bit extra. You, you feel with him in the side, um, the draw with Wolves and the, the draw with Newcastle, they probably would have created those one or two extra chances, which might have got them the goal, which would have won them the game. And that's the sort of difference he makes. Um it's yes, another really difficult one to call. And until until just before we came on, I did have Aston Villa to win this one, but I think their poor form as well. Tottenham, they'll be demanding. They they need a reaction to that. But obviously, you know, we we know how much legs can be tired after Europa League duty on Thursday uh, to go into action on Sunday, especially going um, and travelling away from home. Um, but to, yeah, Tottenham's away form: two wins and ten away from home. Those were against Sheffield United and Fulham. Um, only wins away from home since that 6-1 against Man United were those two. And then I think it's against Burnley um, and uh, West Bromwich Albion as well. So they're not beating these top half teams away from home. They're, they're only beating the teams towards the bottom of the table away from home if they are winning away from home at all. Um, so that's a really, really poor run of form. Um, I, yeah, as I say, I, I was very close to going Aston Villa, but in the end, I just just went for one or draw, but it's another one of those ones. I really wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised to see either either of the three possible results in this one. To be honest, yeah, I've uh, well, I mean, we've gone two the same this week, which isn't that bad. Two out of four, yeah, I've gone one one as well. So same West Ham result and same on this. Yeah, I'm just mm. struggling to see um, separated. To be honest, Tottenham. I mean, you mentioned the, the Europa League game. It was just, I mean, there were some really good goals in there. To be fair, wasn't there? Yeah. Also, it's coming out of a hat trick. Uh, a really good performance from Dynamo Zagreb, but it's just, it's nowhere near good enough, is it, for Tottenham? And you saw it coming when they went 1-0 down. You saw the second goal come in and then obviously you have to reset for extra time, but it just wasn't there, was it, the, the quality from Tottenham? And you, you talk about the team that played in this game, it would be pretty similar, as you imagine, obviously Son was out, wasn't he? Son, I don't know if he's definitely been ruled out of this game. I don't think he has. It does. I'd be surprised if he did play, considering the, the manner of the injury. And mm -hmm. to lose that, I mean, there's this interesting thing at the moment, isn't there, that uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was, was talking about in terms of what, what marks progress. Is it winning trophies or is it progressing into becoming a better side in your league form and things like that? I think the question was put to Solskjaer, if United were to win a trophy this season, would that be progress? Whereas he said that progress is really, you know, consistently doing it. That's why the league is, you know, known as if you're the top of the league, you're the best, you're the best side because anyone can win a trophy. So... It's Tottenham's obviously you say if they were to win I mean it's very difficult to win the EFL Cup obviously out the Europa League if they lose the final of the EFL Cup and finish seventh this season it's, it's very difficult isn't it to imagine and then you have to look at players like Kane and Son and I mean you don't expect mm. Kane to leave this summer because you know the money involved and things like that but where are Tottenham really going at the moment? I know they're, you know, what they're going to do this summer in the transfer market. They're short in a lot of positions, but they've got such a talented attack, haven't they? And they should be doing a lot better than they are. You know, talk about the teams. I mean, you're not telling me Tottenham have got a worse squad than West Ham or someone like that. You know, similar to Chelsea. Um, Chelsea got more options, but in terms of actual quality, in there certainly in attacking positions, but. Yeah, Villa, I mean, obviously Ollie Watkins getting called up to the England squad is a really good story, isn't it, for him? Obviously a player that was at Exeter, who's a non-league, wasn't he, five years ago, uh, mm. played on loan at Western Supermare, and now he's in the England squad. He'll obviously be 
keen to you know put on a show in this game. Uh, Ten Premier League goals this season, as you mentioned, Grealish looks like he'll at least to be in the squad. Um, maybe start. I mean, the issue has obviously been a, a troublesome form. He's missed a lot of football, but if he comes back into the side for this game, it's huge for a Villa. And you never really thought Villa were going to challenge, did you, for the for the top four this season? I mean, they're still top seven, five points off, off Everton with a game in hand. I mean, they could still finish top seven, but their form's been, as you say, gone off the boil and Villa's away form this season um, has been, it's been better than their home form. Uh, a lot of clubs, I mean, Leicester have got the best away record in the league this season, which is incredible. Mm. Better than City, better than United, but not being so good at home. Villa at home this season, five wins, two draws, five defeats. So, but as you say, Tottenham's away form hasn't been great. They've obviously lost five, five times as well. So, Coming in off the back of the Europa League game, the travel, disappointment. It's obviously a huge game and you feel like it's starting to go a little bit sour for Mourinho again, which is uh, some people probably said they saw coming a while off, but um, it appears to be that way. And um, yeah, I'm struggling. Same with you, to be honest. This two sides, I would say evenly matched. I think Villa of Tottenham obviously got a better squad, but Villa just, I think they've got a better like, team um, spirit, but, but the way they play, the, the shape of the side, just I think is better, even though they've gone for, as you say, a bit of a disappointing run. So yeah, tight game 1-1. I think Hugo Lloris was hinting that teams have a better team spirit than Tottenham at the moment. Just to pick up mm. on something you said about Kane now, I, I think that result is really going to make him think about his future. I yeah. think it should do because... Um, he should he shouldn't be playing in the Europa League yet alone going out in that in that scenario in the last sixteen. Um, and I think what is he now twenty seven? I think around that um, that age. Yeah. Um, and you think you know he's always been the the number one probably attainable centre forward. You, you're not going to really prize Lewandowski away from no, Bayern Munich, but I think Kane's been the number one attainable centre forward in the last few years. But obviously now that's um, Erling Haaland, and I think. Kane is probably going to be anyone's second choice if they're looking for a centre forward. So, you know, he might start thinking now this might be my last chance to move and he needs to get trophies under his belt because he's such a good player. Do you see him going this summer? You mentioned the money there and obviously that's the big thing with coronavirus, but I think he, he might be pushing for it. It's what Rio Ferdinand said the other night, didn't he? On, on BT Sport, it was interesting that he thinks he might have missed his chance. And as you say, because mm-hmm. of the the development of Ireland, you know, he's probably an attainable striker now, isn't he? I know the release clause isn't until next summer, but if Dortmund's financial problems, if they missed out on Champions League, they might have to sell him this summer. And it's just, as you say, Kane. I mean, Kane. I'd love him at United. You know, I'm sure you you would like him at Liverpool as well, playing in that front three. And mm-hmm. a lot of clubs would like him, but are Tottenham really going to sell him for? Less than a hundred million. I mean, you probably you would pay a hundred million for him, but no one. I don't I can't see teams playing a hundred million this summer. It's just not going to happen. And uh, as you say, he's not. I mean, Tottenham are not going to win the Premier League, are they? Next season or the season after, they just they're short. You know, mm. clubs will get better. Chelsea will get better. United will get better. Liverpool will be a lot better, and uh, they'll be struggling to make the top four. I think again next season and for the next few years. And um, I don't expect him to leave this summer, no. But um, very certainly one to watch, isn't it? Yeah, time certainly seems to be running out for him to to get maybe what he deserves from his career, certainly in terms of trophies. Obviously, he's had a great career without picking up trophies so far, but in yeah. terms of um, getting trophies under his belt, time seems to be running out and Tottenham don't seem to be heading in the right direction. Um, OK, thanks, Matt. Yeah, we're both going for draws in that final Aston Villa versus Tottenham game. Um, so, yeah, just the four games to look forward to it was this week. And then it's the international break. So we will be back after that for our next podcast, our next round of predictions. Uh, so be sure to tune back in for that. In the meantime, you can find all of these previews um, over on sportsmall.co.uk. We've also got previews for the championship games, the FA Cup games this weekend and games all across Europe. We'll also have previews for the World Cup qualifiers um, during the international break. So check out sportsmall.co.uk for that. 
that. You can subscribe to this podcast on all the usual channels and on YouTube to make sure you don't miss an episode. But until next time, after the international break, we look forward to seeing you.